Welcome to the Northridge Church Podcast, a weekly rewind of Sunday's talk. All right, you can go ahead and be seated. And uh, again, I add my voice of welcome if you tuned in to us after I welcomed originally. I'm so glad you're here with us. And what we're doing is going to have a little different experience today. I know most of you who have been longtime Northbridgers, a different experience is a normal experience, right? You're like, yeah, normally you throw left hooks at us. Uh, what What I say to you is if you came here hoping for a standard sermon, give us some food, some scripture to chew on through the week. Here's my promise to you. We will give you some scripture today. Uh, my, all, my other promise is this. Next week, we'll begin a four-week series on parenthood. So for you parents, this is a chance we're going to look at raising children from the time, from the, from the cradle all the way to the, you're throwing them out and they're adults. Uh, you're still a dad. You're still a mom, even when your kid's 40 years old. And so we're going to be talking about uh, all as many aspects in four weeks as we can uh, of how to raise children. And those of you who maybe maybe uh, you don't have any children of your own, this is what I would say is the reality is you have probably cousins, you have nephews, you have nieces, you have best friends who have children, and you have a role also. So tune in, engage in this. This will be a great series. We're going to start that next week. But what we're going to do this week is I've brought the other pastors up to, for us to have a discussion together about what this experience of COVID-19 has taught us. What have we learned during this season, during this time? My hope is also that you have a chance to to engage with us. One of the ways you can engage is as I just simply ask you the question, what have you learned in this time, in this season? You have a couple of ways that you could respond to us. One, you could just text me directly and and the the, uh, number will be up on the screen. Uh, That's my, my cell number. And so uh, you can send me a text and I'll read your text off or share some elements of your text to, to our congregation. Uh, and, and, and that's one way you can engage. And another way, where's the mic at? Is it over here or is there? It's right there. To my right. Oh, there it is. Right there is a mic. Pastor Dave's in charge of sanitizing it between each person. But we're going to also <laughs> allow some opportunity to just give, if you will, uh, a spontaneous time of... Um, of, of, of just sharing, just, uh, you know, back in the day, we would have called it a testimony, right? This is testimony hour. And, uh, and so, you know, if you have something, we're going to have some opportunities while we're talking that if, if you just want to add to this conversation, uh, have the freedom to socially distance still, right? Don't crawl over someone else to get to the mic, but, you know, work your way around to the mic. And uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. I'm going to take my seat now uh, and just open up the conversation, uh, guys. I'll be kind of monitoring my phone as we're talking. So if you see me looking down, it's not because I'm not interested. Let me scoot back a little bit. I can't should, see Dave. Should I scoot back? Yeah, we're social distancing, but I can't see Dave. There we go. Is that better? <laughs> That's better. Okay. You got to turn the mic on. Is it on? on? Yeah. That's probably part of the problem. You can tell it's been a while since we've all been on the stage. Some, some, uh, we got to get our sea legs back with us. Second time through this whole time, we've all actually been together in one place. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, it's hard to do with these gloves on. I can't. Can you touch that red button? <laughs> so you He's see. He's got us. gloves on. You're good. <laughs> this thing is as dead as a doornail. Oh, is it dead? Oh, I thought it was my, my uh, gloved hands. You didn't even put batteries in it, did oh, you? No. 
Can someone bring us some batteries? Someone from the back, bring us some batteries. Did we have a walk through this morning? Yeah. Thank you. Wow. wow. Thanks, Dave. So, John, what did you learn this week? Well, we obviously did not learn how to do a how to do a sound check. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, there's a, there's a, as we've we've kind of gone back through the last uh, several weeks. Um, I think we can all say, you know, um, we probably ha- have had to deal with family a little differently, haven't we? I mean, how many of you your family lives have changed just a bit? Raise the hands out there. I think I see some. You know. Um, I mean, whether it be dealing with, uh, with finances, whether it be dealing with uh, education and having to uh, uh, teach your kids at home, whether it be how to uh, uh, live off of uh, what you get at the grocery store instead of eating out all the time. I mean, life has changed as, as a family. And, and that, that's kind of one of the things that kind of popped in to, to my mind is the fact that family matters. I think, I think we've kind of been, um, at least my eyes have kind of been open to some of the, just the things of life that, that maybe, um, we need to refocus on, uh, as a family, you know, um, you know, my own, my own personal story through this. I mean, when this all went down, Evan was in Spain and it was yeah. like getting a fugitive home when this, uh, came down and, and it was, it was tough to get him home. And then once he got home, we had to quarantine him for 14 days and so we stuck him upstairs and we put meals on the bottom of the stairs for him to come and get when it was meal time and take it right back upstairs and and uh, in the process uh, Emily uh, felt like she was more comfortable coming home and so she'd been she was home for almost six seven weeks through this process and so Tammy and I went from empty nesters to having her whole family back again and and that was a blessing in itself but uh you know, I just think just the realization of, of uh, life slowing down a little bit for us just to um, refocus our love for each other and our love for our family. That's yeah. kind of one of the things that... Yeah. Well, you know, and I'd say to you, John, I just affirm you, and I, I just say too, watching how you operated during that time, especially when Evan was over and and there was a season when actually he's in Spain, but he, he went to Portugal, right? Yeah, yeah Because we had to, yeah. Spain was locked down. So here mm-hmm. he is going across mm-hmm. borders and not knowing if he's going to be turned around. And you just handle that like a champ, uh, really. I mean, th- that obviously there was tension there. There was mm-hmm. fear. There was concern. But at the same point, you know, like I'm thinking, what would I've been like if, <laughs> in that environment? You know, I've been pulling yeah. my hair out. And you just really yeah. handled that with exactly what we were talking about today or what we were singing about of just trusting in God mm-hmm. and trusting that, that, you know, what, again, a real opportunity mm-hmm. that we talk about as parents, mm-hmm. Lord, we give our kids to you, right? right? But then when we have opportunity to give our kids to the Lord, what do we do? Oftentimes we're like, no, 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 I wasn't being serious about that. They're my kid, mm-hmm. and I don't want them to go on the mission field. I don't want them to, mm-hmm. to put their lives on the line or put themselves mm-hmm. at risk to do what their purpose is in life, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't want them to be uncomfortable when God's you know, doing something in their heart. And, uh, and so, wow, I just commend you in that. And I say that to the rest of the, the uh, uh, church and that he mm-hmm. has some chops. He has some ability to speak into our lives mm-hmm. about how do you give your kids up to the Lord when you can't control yeah. them, you know? Yeah, it's, it was hard. I mean, that was, I mean, because you have nothing to rely on you, uh, other than just, I mean, that's, for the, that's the, one of the first things that Tammy and I have really, you know, obviously when 
Emily moved to Memphis, we still knew we could go get her, you yeah. know, if something happened. Or if uh, the kids were over here, over there, we could still go do something or be there for them. But in this situation, there was nothing that we could yeah. do. Yeah. There was nothing that we could do. You know, I read an interesting article, I think it was either Friday, Thursday or Friday, and it talked about how, um, you know, life, we, we want life to get back to normal so bad. And there are some things that we do want to get back to normal. Believe me, I, uh, there's, there's things that, that, uh, that, that are just driving me nuts right now, um, <laughs> just having to do daily. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one of the things that, that I think we as a family units need to, to realize is maybe, maybe this was an opportunity for us just to slow down on purpose and to realize that in this fast-paced world that we live in, um, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the reality of our family lives and going here, going there, having to feel like we have to be everywhere and be everything for everyone, be included in every single activity and, and sign up for this, sign up for that. And, and there's, there's lessons we learn in activities. I'm not saying we should never do activities. I'm not saying that at all. But I just think that getting back to normal, is that really what we want? Yeah. Or is it maybe we need to kind of put things back in focus a little bit and say, you know, there's value in spending time with our family. I think we're having to learn how to do that in a lot of different ways. And I know those of you who have younger children than I know that probably more than, than I do right now because, you know, you've been cooped up with kids for several weeks right now, and, and, I, and I get that. Um, but I don't know. That's just one of the things that kind of uh, in my mind. My number's up here on the screen still. Uh, whether you're online streaming us right now or you're here in this room, a uh, question I'd ask you and, and text some feedback to me is what's been the greatest challenge for family life with you? Yeah. Uh, what, you know, what has been maybe the biggest challenge that you've had? Uh, here's what I'll promise you. I won't give your name, you know, I'll make it anonymous. So, you know, if you're like, I'm going to talk about my husband who's sitting right beside me right now, <laughs> I won't be like, well, Nick Layman said, you know, I won't do that. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, if you have some things, go ahead and you can share them with me and, uh, and we'll, we'll respond to that as far as challenges to family life. I, I mentioned, uh, an experience and I, I've used this joke. So it, it was so good. I just imagine when I shared it on, you know, the beautiful thing is when I'm preaching, and there's nobody in the room, and I share a joke, I just imagine in my mind that everyone <laughs> all over is just falling on the ground laughing, going, that Tony Turner is like Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, what is he doing as a pastor? He needs to be a stand-up comedian. And that's what's going on in my mind. And so uh, one of the jokes I made that I just know was a hit was I said that when <laughs> we started, we, we started, uh, Dana had to, had to educate Dax, you know, and was doing three hours a day of homeschool, and I'm going out uh, finding meat, you know, when meat's coming to a shortage or finding toilet paper. And people are like, so what's, what's it like at the Turner home? I, what just came to my mind was I was like, it's like Mad Max meets Little House on the Prairie. I'm like, there you got homeschooling going on. And then I'm going out trying to find water and gas for us, you know, yeah. and just hoping <laughs> that the Mongols don't get me in the sand dunes, you know. So see, that, this is what I thought it was. Yeah, I, that, I thought that's yeah, what there it you was. Go. Yeah. So I'm anyway, sure that's that. what's life's like Dave, on South like, Springfield. That's right. right. <laughs> oh, it was terrible, Dave. It was terrible. <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to make it for the cannibals. Few, it's been a few nights at North Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> if you really want to experience that life. Dave, what was it like for you with family Well, life? you know, I, I tell you, just uh, listening in to conversations uh, today, and we've had conversations in the past about your family experience. For me, it's a lot different. Yeah. You know, as a single person, um, you know, we, I've had to learn how to communicate mm. differently and have people communicate differently with me. Yeah. So when I go home, I go home to myself, which 
that happened, that happened before COVID mm-hmm. hit. Um, but what I missed was the human touch. Mm-hmm. And in our society today, you can't, you're not, we're not allowed to touch anyone anymore, right? And, and so yeah, no, no more handshakes. Well, for me, that's a, that's a connecting aspect of communication for me. That's a connecting aspect of friendship, of relationship. Yeah. And so that was kind of taken away from me. The hugs, the affirmations, the pat on the back, um, just the closeness and connectivity with people just really has taken me back a lot. So even though we've kind of come into this Zoom reality, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which I would spend like four or five hours a day on Zoom meetings at work, and even connecting with you guys over Zoom or Face or Face FaceTime, right? FaceTime. Yeah. Um, it, it's been really difficult for me, and I would assume that other singles that are in our in our in our uh, church experience the same thing. Is even though we have Zoom and we can see each other face to face, is that that human intimacy that I miss. Now, this is from an introvert, and you guys know how much of an introvert I am. You know, after I after church on Sunday, I go home and put an IV in, and you know, just to resuscitate myself sometimes. <laughs> but through COVID, I've just longed for more human intimacy. Yeah. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that is a good thing for me to realize that, that even I, as an introvert, need you know, that human touch, that human connectivity with one another. So I'm, I'm hoping that we can get back to where we're, we're not with that, within six feet of one another, that we can kind of uh, re-engage in the handshakes and the pats on the backs and the hugs. I'm sure that's going to come. Mm-hmm. Um, but until then, I'll just have to, uh, to bear that. Well, what I would heart. say is there's a lot of young families out there that probably want a night out. Dave needs a human touch. Dave needs well, a human touch. I don't know about that. That may be taken a little bit too far. But anyways. Yeah, yeah. That's a good word. That's a great word, Dave. You know, oftentimes, and both of you guys were kind of saying this, that I experienced when I hurt my knee five years ago that I just really sensed that God was pushing a pause button on my life mm-hmm. because I was so busy that it took me having to have a surgery to stay down and the the things I learned in being still Mm -hmm. for five or six weeks. And I almost wonder culturally the world, if that's Mm -hmm. what the world's Mm -hmm. needing of just basically having that time where we're forced to be alone at times, to be with just family Mm -hmm. and to just take away all of the, the distractions Mm -hmm. and all the busyness that we're so used to Mm -hmm. having in our lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also too, just share, I invited anyone to, if they had a thought, to, uh, they, they obviously don't trust me. The, the congregation's like, yeah, I know, you said you'd be anonymous, but it's not going to be anonymous. Uh, I promise you it would be. It will be. Uh, but also, too, I share this. If there's something that, you know, I, I'm asking you guys, what have you learned during this season? What have you, uh, what have you gathered? Here, here's the deal. If uh, you don't want to go to the mic, right, uh, you just shout it out. We're a small enough congregation. I'll repeat it for our uh for the folks that are streaming to be able to hear it as well. Uh, but just ask you guys, I mean, what, what have been some themes or what have been some thoughts that has been going through your mind during this season also? Um, yeah, yeah, Ed. Uh, for me, I uh, kind of started year off, but I wanted God to help me with my patience because I'm <laughs> not a very patient person, as these three people attest to. And uh, I learned some patience through this. We've gone through two deaths, a birth. birth and a surgery, all in different stages of COVID, and uh, we still have yet to have a memorial service for one of the deaths. Yeah, it was right in the heat of it. So patience has 
Ed's, Ed was saying patience, folks that were streaming of just with life circumstances. And, and I, I got to say, Ed, I was concerned for your mother over there because she almost broke her neck in agreement, shaking her head so furiously uh, at that point. Of the observations I see up here, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I'm right there with you, man, as far as patience. I found myself having an impatient moment with uh, an employee at a bank. I won't say which bank, but I found uh, when the words come out of my mouth, uh, I don't need a mother, I need a bank, <laughs> then I realize I'm in a new territory now. I'm in a new territory. And I'm like, and by the way, can I tell you I'm a pastor at a church. I just want to invite you to church now. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, patience is a big theme. What anyone else or, or you guys too just sharing uh, as obviously just those individual yeah, I, things. I just, uh, you know, I, I obviously you guys know I work at a social ministry outreach in Springfield and and I've learned about the generosity of people. I was yeah. I was concerned about I didn't know what what this new pandemic would do for social services because we have we rely on so much on volunteerism. But I would say this the generosity of people during this time has no known bounds. I mean just uh people are faithful and uh and response to the needs in our community. So uh, I've been really taken back by that and, and appreciative of, of that as well. Uh, you know, just, just a thing for people to text or speak about is how have you experienced the generosity of God? How have you experienced mm. the generosity of one another, mm. of other people in your lives during this season? Uh, as you're thinking about that in your life, let me just say church, way to go church, mm-hmm. way to go Northbridge, um, day one. So, so when this, when we started seeing, like, this is going to be serious. This is going to be something that's really big. Uh, first thing I did was uh, thought about the, our tenants that are in our building, and uh, and I quickly went to the bank and negotiated terms to have 90 days where we could just pay the interest only on our building. And what we did then for the generosity thing was then did not sit back and go, okay, now we're in a good spot, we're tight. But I, I went to all of our tenants and I said, look, I know this is going to be a really tough time the next. 30, 60, 90 days. So for 90 days, we're cutting your rent in half and, uh, and know that that's going to be just, we're going to, we're going to deal with that and make that work. And we have, and, and, uh, and, and, and again, the generosity, there were some businesses that said, you know, Tony, we're in a good spot. We've not been affected. So we still wish to pay a hundred percent, even though we don't have to. And then there were some other businesses that said, we desperately need that. And if we didn't have that, we would probably be gone. Uh, we probably have to shut our doors and in, in, we, we couldn't survive 90 days. Mm-hmm. And so we did that. But then what we talked about brought our finance team in, and we made some plans. Uh, and honestly, some of the plans were pretty grim where we were looking at, okay, what do we do when I have to you know, go? And you know, I was like, well, the good thing about this economy is I know, I know Pizza Hut's hiring. You know? And I was like, you know, I'm being serious. I, I told Dana, I was like, well, I could be a pizza delivery guy for a few months if I needed to during this time period. I mean, we had plans about the order we were going to take of, as far as having to cut things, cut essential services, cut, cut ministries, mm-hmm. cut, uh, cut staff salaries here. Uh, what would we need to do? I want you to know through all of that planning, and I don't regret any of it. It was a great exercise for us. It was, it was, uh, you know, we were prepared for whatever would come, but we did not have to do any of those things because, you know, we actually, we actually are giving, and I, I hesitate saying this because I don't want you to be like, oh, okay, I can stop giving now. Uh, our giving is better now than it was pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Uh, what does that mean uh, for us? I, I'm still kind of wrestling with what that 
means, but you have been faithful. You have been faithful to your church, mm-hmm. to ministry, and because of that, we have been able to be to be to do extra things through this season mm-hmm. uh, to show show the generosity of God to people who are struggling, helping. You know, we've we've connected with the food bank and been able to give extra gifts there. We've connected to waiters and waitresses at Hula Hands and a neighborhood pizza and been able to give, uh, because of your generosity, been able to give food assistance to them by giving them gift cards to Aldi's. Uh, we have helped some, several families in our community that just would not have food without without someone intervening and uh, been able to connect. And, and I know many of you have, have individually connected with schools, with Reed School, with it families, and, and done food baskets. And, and so that generosity, Dave, that you're talking about, it's not just with the mission, right? But we no. see that at Northbridge as well. And, and you are to be commended, church. Uh, way to go, mm-hmm. and uh, not asking you to be proud of yourself, right? That there's something that's probably not healthy with that. But I'm telling you that that we're seeing, I'm seeing uh, Christ's generosity mm-hmm. in and through you, uh, the way you've responded to one another in, in small groups and to help one another, and then the way you're responding to your church as well. Uh, you know, I, I, I just, you know, to that, Tony, I mean, you know, we, we talk about how the church is not a, just a building, that it's the yeah, people in the church. Right. And we're actually, I think over the last several weeks, we've seen that lived out so well uh, amongst yeah. uh, our folks and, and not just our folks, but the church as a whole, um, I think, has stepped up. And um, uh, it, it brought me back to Acts. And uh, I had to yeah. look up the scriptures as so I don't get them, get them wrong. It just <laughs> says... Uh, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And then in Acts 4, it says, All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. It says, With great power the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And then this, this next part is just pretty powerful. It says, And God's grace was so powerfully at work in all of them. And I think... You know, just from the stories that we have heard of of people, you know, calling each other and just checking yeah. on each other in a, in a ministry, um, uh, stories of people uh, praying for each other consistently, uh, giving of their time to help and get groceries for people who needed groceries to not just for people in here, but maybe even people in their communities and at work. Um, that's powerful. Mm. That's the grace of God being lived out, and it's it's a beauty of the church being lived out, and yeah. and the gospel being lived out, and and I think that people um, need to experience that yeah. in these times. Yeah, yeah, you're abs- more so than ever. More right? so than ever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, one of the biggest things I've uh, learned through this season too, John, is I think going into this time, uh, you know, I recognized that that there was a possibility. That, that an event like this could shut down churches that were not healthy, mm-hmm. churches that uh, maybe mm-hmm. they, were, they were lackadaisical or there was a malaise about them, uh, perhaps shut down churches, some churches that needed to be shut down, you know, because they were, they were so far from their original mission, so far from their original purposes that God's saying, I'd rather take your building and mm-hmm. give it to a new, a new body of Christ mm-hmm. uh, to do something with, right? Um, and, uh, and so... Uh, m- my concern was just focusing on the here and the now and the COVID-19 thing, mm-hmm. right? And I recognized uh, through this process as, can, as doing what you were talking about, connecting to people and hearing how they're doing. In my mind, uh, I was just focused on, okay, what are we doing with, with COVID crisis? What are we doing about this stuff? 
but I recognized that, that life didn't stop. Right, mm -hmm. that there people that had family problems, those family problems were just exacerbated. Mm -hmm. You know, people that had health problems continued to have health problems. People that people that were pregnant stayed pregnant. Mm -hmm. Right, I'm, that's shocking to me. That's shocking that people just stopped being pregnant. You know, I thought that would happen. Right, unless and, they had their baby. And so their babies, their babies came, and and so so babies were birthed. And 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 I I'm sharing this not to be cute to y'all, but to re help you recognize in church. You know, know that a lot of living has happened in the last mm -hmm. 60 days, folks. Mm -hmm. And so we've had in this congregation, we've had babies born, and. Uh, and I want you as, uh, I'm asking you guys to track those, right? If, you, if they're in your circle, don't just say, well, because of the COVID thing, I can't, I can't respond in some way. No, you can make a phone call and you can check on people and you can just say, hey, I'm praying for you and I'm thinking about you. Uh, you know, uh, during the season, there's been surgeries that have happened. Ed talked about a surgery in their family. I know of at least four surgeries. I know of a couple of, of people that are going this week to have, have some pretty serious testing done for heart issues. You know, be, be, what I'm saying is be paying attention to your community still. Be paying attention to your small group. Be paying attention to people who you normally connect to because, because there's been illnesses. There's been, there's been surgeries. There's been death as well. There's been death in our, in our congregation. And loved ones are not here today who would have been here, who were here two months ago. And it's easy for us to lose those things. And it just drew me back, Dave, to, to Ecclesiastes. And it's a, a verse that we all know. You know, it's a passage that we're all familiar with. Um, and it just reminded me, I, the truth of this just rang out to me uh, during this season. In Ecclesiastes 3, there's a time for everything, right? There's a time for, for staying at home and sheltering and just distancing ourselves. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. Wow, that speaks to us today, doesn't it? A time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. Just me personally, I need to continue to learn that lesson every day over and over. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Uh, you know, maybe a question to ask you that you can respond to or just even process in your own family is what time are you in now? What time are you in in this season? Uh, we really had a big debate, not a big debate, just a discussion. I mean, you know, we don't really have giant debates typically as a, as a pastoral group, but we did have a time of discussion with, with the stuff going on with, with the protests and the idea of justice and just everything that's been in our culture the last you know week I've, and I found myself up last night 
about two in the morning, and I was just turning on the news and watching all these images pouring in, and even still thinking, do I need to write you guys, you know, like five in the morning, saying, okay, we're going to do a U-turn. Let's just talk about the social justice. Let's talk about the protests that have, you know, that have hit us, and no doubt all of us have seen those images, and and, uh, you know, again, this, and that goes back to what I'm talking about, that life doesn't stop, and there's still things that are happening in our culture. Um, and, and I find that for us um, in this season, we have to just ask ourselves, what is God speaking to us in these times? In these times, what, what, is, uh, what is it that, uh, that he's trying to share with us through these experiences? Um, and, and, and so where I was going with the idea of, of just all this stuff, of recognizing that, that you know, uh, COVID has, even though it stopped us in our tracks in many ways, we still as Christ followers have such a responsibility mm-hmm. to whatever season we're in, whatever time we're in in our lives, to, to ask and learn and look to what is God doing with us and through us in that season, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and so, so, you know, that's the question I ask you guys is how is God using you in the season that you're in during this time with the people that you're encountering, with the job that you have, with, with uh, the responsibilities that you have to live out in your homes and in your community? Uh, because we still are people that have taken a, a solemn covenant months and months ago that we would be people who stand in the gap on behalf of people who won't stand mm-hmm. or can't stand for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how is God using that even in this season? How is God using us even in this mm-hmm. season? I kind of took over there, guys. I, I, started pre- I preached Powerful my mini-sermon. Good stuff, but, good but stuff. But what, you know, what, you know, respond to that. What are you hearing there? I know right, they were kind of up against the time, so I'll be really brief on yeah. this. I think what this, what COVID taught us and what this new season we're in with with the racial tensions that are flaring up is that it's not a time for the church to be in retreat yeah nor is it a time for the church to be silent but it's a time for us to be actively engaged in our culture Mm -hmm. now what we're used to is having a clearing call from the pulpit right let's organize let's do something church-wide to do but i think in this new reality we're in at least for the next several months that it's going to be really on the individual yeah. um, to be the hands and the feet and the voice of, of Jesus Christ and to wade into those territories that we've been kind of on the fringes, you know, yeah. to get away from the Twitter, mm-hmm. I know, the, get away from the Facebook uh, jaunts, but actually get actively involved and engage in our community where there are hurts. One thing that we've learned a lot is that our, our, our culture is very fragile. It's not as strong as we used to think it was. I mean, uh, it's really shown me the vulnerableness of our of our society, but it's also shown us that um, there is a lot of people that are very, very far from God. Yeah. And that's not. And I'm not saying that in a very uh, looking down looking down on them. I'm just saying it gives us more opportunity uh, to bless people, to encourage people, yeah. to love people. Um, and to and to make a difference for the sake of the gospel in those very hard places. Yeah, yeah. Well said, Dave. Hey, what I want to do is time is short, and I want to maintain and, and uh, keep our keep our time commitments. So I want to pray for us, and then the band's going to come up. We're going to sing a final song, and you're going to be dismissed. Okay. So I uh, know this. Uh, we'll be outside. There are going to be people outside, 
and uh, John, Dave. And, and if you want to continue to hold your spot for next week, RSVP for next week, we'll have opportunity that you can do that now so you don't have to go online and do Sign Up Genius. Uh, you can just, just do it now and know that your spot's confirmed. Uh, and so be looking for that outside of this building. And uh, just uh, I'm so happy to be able to see you mm. and so blessed to have you in the building with us where we can see eyeball to eyeball and face to face. And, and I hope you've been blessed today by just being back. Next week, we're going to start our first week on parenthood. So be planning to engage on that and look forward to seeing you then. Let me pray for us. Father, we come before you and just the words you've heard us share as we were just talking and just discussing. God, I don't know how you will use that in folks' lives, but Lord, first of all, I guess may that be an encouragement. May that be an encouragement to our people, to, to the congregation, to, to folks uh, recognizing they're not in it by themselves. And so some of the things that they've been thinking are the very things that their pastors are thinking. And so, Lord, I pray that in this, in this season, you would just continue to grow us, you would continue to mold us, that you would use us to extend your kingdom in this world. And, Lord, I just sense that in the midst, just as Dave said, we are reminded how broken the world is. And I, I think that because of all the things going on, uh, this is a, a platform, a chance for, for people to turn to you in massive numbers because hope in other things, hope in health and hope in science and hope in medicine and hope in, in wealth, those things have been eroded over the, the past few weeks. But Lord, we trust in you because we can place our full hope and confidence in you because your name is a strong tower for our salvation. These things we pray in your son's powerful name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Northbridge Church Podcast. If you'd like more information about Northbridge Church, you can find us online at mynorthbridge.org.